Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast with C.J. Mahaney and Jeff Perswell. This podcast is devoted to helping ordinary pastors with the extraordinary privilege and responsibility of serving God's people in their local church. And now, here's the podcast with your host, Mickey Connolly. So guys, welcome back to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. I'm here not only with C.J. and Jeff with, with Bob again. Uh, last time we just had a wonderful time hearing from these men about the theology of the church gathered and why Sunday mornings. Uh, but today we wanna begin talking about some of the elements and thinking through some of the elements of a Sunday morning meeting. So Jeff, kick us off on this, please. Yeah, well, we were, as you said, we, we talking about how to think about a Sunday meeting. We got into the theology of Sunday meeting. Um, and when we start thinking about planning those, I mean, maybe a little history for us is, uh, is helpful. Um, when we planted this church seven years ago, it really was a wonderful experience mm. on a number of levels. Mm. In particular, uh, people, I think, can look at our team and see that there are decades and decades of pastoral experience. Uh, one might assume that we got together and said, great, let's get this thing yeah. going. We know what to do. That's exactly what we did not do. Mm. Uh, by no virtue uh, on our own. We, uh -huh. we really did, though. We had all come from a context, a long history, some of us a long history uh, within a particular context, but we'd also come through certain experiences and so forth. And so when we started thinking about this church plant, we very intentionally sat down and just assumed, we don't want to assume anything. Yeah. Um, let's think through everything that we do. Uh, it was a wonderful opportunity yeah. to rethink what we had been doing, to rethink those things to which we were accustomed, mm -hmm. uh, to, to rethink even even the the elements of a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, so, th and that's that's exactly what we did. Why do we do what we do? Uh, and mm -hmm. we had come. Bob had been, I know, reading and uh, coming to some different conclusions there. I had actually been for a few months in a in a very traditional context, in a Presbyterian context yeah. on a number of Sunday mornings. Yeah. I've been reading as well. Um, so all of us were, were coming, let's let's think through these things. And we th that led us to um, to adjusting, keeping number of things that we treasured and that were parts of our history, uh, adding other elements that, mm -hmm. that weren't as much a part of that history, mm -hmm. but doing all of that with, I think, a much greater appreciation of history, greater mm -hmm. appreciation of, of the theology of worship, mm -hmm. uh, and boy, the fruit of it, we have just so enjoyed oh, that's true. Uh, in, in, in our meeting, mm -hmm. um, in our meetings over these, these last seven years. What's important to know, lit, you know, liturgy has become kind of a thing uh, in the larger evangelical church, and, and that's a good thing. Um, even though everyone has a liturgy, no matter what, we Summer Grace always, Summer Grace Church has always had a liturgy. The key, the key is that liturgy and those liturgical elements being informed biblically, yes. theologically, and even historically. And so we we just want to realize that those liturgical elements are not arbitrary. Uh, they should not be arbitrary. They should not be a function of our merely our tradition. They should not be a function of reformed tradition merely. It should not be a function of charismatic tradition. Um, uh, we want them to be informed theologically, historically, and pastorally. And, and it's important to remember that everybody has a liturgy. That, that you know, we think of liturgy as very formal. It doesn't have to be formal. Sovereign Grace had a liturgy 
you know, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Two, just start singing, two fast songs, one medium, two slow. <laughs> uh, announcements, sermon, ministry. That was our little... The Holy Ghost breaks in there <laughs> Yes, yes. But the, the two things, while there's no perfect liturgy, some liturgies are better than others. And what an, an intentional liturgy is always better than an unintentional liturgy. So just, just for guys who might be struggling even with that term, that word, yeah. it's like, you know, you're doing something. Have you thought biblically about mm-hmm. it? So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think in, in our history, and that, not true of every church, not true of every person, but I, I do think that uh, we they, they were probably a, a less intentional approach to liturgy <laughs> and a greater... <laughs> A greater That's value, a very kind step. way to say it. And a greater, a greater value to <laughs> spontaneity. And I just would yes. want to say spontaneity yes. is yes. highly Amen. overrated. Yes. Um, yes, we've come. The Spirit's leading yeah. is not overrated, but mm-hmm. our spontaneity, which we right. sometimes equate with the Spirit's leading, and mm-hmm. often it is mm-hmm. not, it is, is overrated because what it results in is... Um, doing the same things over and over yes. and saying things in in repetitive ways. Um, yes. <laughs> and so yes. um, approaching, ha- having liturgical elements that are informed theologically, pastorally, mm-hmm. historically, uh, has, has been, I think, a wonderful way that we've grown. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's been wonderful. So um, <laughs> we, we can talk about some of those. So, yeah. Um, so talk about call to worship, yeah. starting out the meeting in a different way than yeah. just, all right, we're going to start we, singing. We do have a call to worship. Um, and the name is suggestive, isn't it? It, <laughs> it is just that. It, it is alerting people to what we're about to do. Uh, what is, I mean, think about the theology that we spoke about last time. What, what's about to happen is not, we're not just easing into the next thing. We're not just easing into a meeting that's in like any yeah. other meeting. Mm-hmm. What, what's about to happen is the most important thing we do at, as a church. Th- this morning is not merely about a gathering. It's not merely about alert liturgy. It is worship. Yeah. It's worship, which in the New Covenant is responding to God's saving actions in Christ with our whole lives mm-hmm. in the presence of God. Um, we can use that if I use that as a sort of a working definition. And, and, and what's most critical about that is that God is the one who calls us to worship. So the call to worship is not so much that pastors telling people, sit down, <laughs> telling people to get ready. It, it is recognizing that God is the one who calls us to worship. He mm-hmm. is the one who took the initiative to save us. He is the one who, who acted to get a people for himself, a people for his own possession. And, and worship is... A response to that, a joyous, rich, whole-lived uh, corporate response to the God who called us together out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is the, theologically informed. It's, it's doing all that. We, we want to be careful. We're not just sort of easing into our meeting with a transitional song or you know, kind of gathering ourselves uh, gradually engaging yeah, mm-hmm. as the song moves yep. on. And we don't by, want it to be casual. No, by or ver- informal. Yep. By verse yep. three, yep. you know, we're kind of getting into it. No, mm-hmm. we we want to be intentional. Mm-hmm. We want to mark this moment as the moment mm-hmm. where we, as the people of God through Christ, intentionally come at His invitation by His grace through the Spirit. We're entering the presence of God to respond to what He has done for us in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so the call to worship mm-hmm. is 
critical. It's rich. It's and it's effective. Um, we 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 used to say when typically we would say when doing a call to worship. Okay, would everyone please stand? Now everyone's standing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, if you're you have to say if if you're not standing yet, you might want to stand um, because people have been our, our folks. I, th- I think they've been taught. They, it, they know this is that moment. We are doing something special. It's like it's unlike anything else we do in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's unlike anything else we do with our week. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- nothing mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. except in churches, mm-hmm. it is like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are unlike any other people in the mm-hmm. world, yeah. solely by grace. Mm-hmm. What a moment. Yes. Yes. And Amen. the call to worship just marks that yeah. and highlights that. Amen. Now, um, Can I follow up? Of course. Sorry. Uh, just practically speaking, the question always comes, okay, like half our people aren't even there when the meeting starts. So like, what do you do? And we face that problem. Sure. Um, and so what we've done is our meeting starts at 1030, around 1028, sometimes 1029. We uh, start... Yes, 1030. Sometimes 1030. <laughs> uh, we start playing music. And we play it loud. I mean, it's not, uh, but live music. And so that's the cue for everyone. Oh, okay, it's stored. And you see people, okay, okay, we're coming in. So by the time, what we want is by the time the guy gets is standing there and is ready to give the call to worship, everybody's expecting it. Uh, and that's, that's been, it's been wonderful to see the whole room quiet down. And then he has, he has everybody's ear. That's yeah. right. One, one thing I, I would add to that, this is just something that we, help each other with and chide each other about is what we just said that call to worship is mm-hmm. doing that's what it's doing yes. this is not a lengthy pastoral moment a sermonette it's not a sermonette <laughs> it's not my time to teach it's not my time to apply this to every single person we are calling people to worship i, I think if that call to worship mm-hmm. begins to be extended and the text that we use yeah. is exposited at length, yeah. and I've got to make sure that I put it in context and I apply it to six different types of people. It's an exaggeration, but I, I do think those things can get lengthy, and it's not only about length. We, we it starts to it starts to erode its functionality yes, right. in terms of its purpose. Yep, yep, and yep. We don't want to do that. We want to preserve. It's its intention mm-hmm. and the, and its effectiveness in, in accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. not assuming that everyone listening is doing a call to worship. So, what what does it actually look like? Reading a scripture, brief comment, prayer. What what is what is a call to worship contain? Sure. Well, it's it, it should. I mean, and I think historically this is the case. It it, it it's informed by or it it not just informed by it is scripture. We use. A scripture mm-hmm. verse because it, it is we, we spoke last time about God addressing his people through his word this is the first time uh, the, the meeting is beginning by God addressing us through his word and so we are reading a scripture and so sometimes we will say something like you know as we gather let us uh, let us hear God addressing us through his word and calling us to worship or you know some something like that and then we will read the scripture and then after that, there's a brief, um, uh, a brief, uh, not ex- 
exposition of that, but a, a brief application of yes. that. Basically saying, you know, given this, mm -hmm. let us respond yeah. Yeah. in worship. Yeah, now, it's, it's a bit more than that. But, mm -hmm. but essentially, we are, we're not then leaving the scripture behind and going off on all the things I want to say. We want, we want to say, you know, given this, this is the reality. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think I did the call to worship, and I had the perfect verse. Um, mm. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble of heart. You should find rest for your souls. Jesus himself has invited us to mm. come to mm. him, and he's made possible us coming to him through his death and resurrection. So let's respond. Let's come to him to find our rest in him mm. and to give him mm. our worship or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so we, we choose verses that uh, do capture that, that do capture God either calling his people to worship, summoning his people, or verses that speak about God and his character that elicit worship from mm. us. Uh, there's about maybe we can talk about that uh, the different kinds of verses one could use, but that that's what we're seeking: particular verses that position us to respond to God in worship. Yes, great, excellent. Yeah, and we we would recommend that be one or two verses, and it requires preparation. Yeah. So oh, it, yeah. It, if you're going to be concise, clear, and concise, you're you're going to have to invest. A disproportionate amount of time in preparation, uh, particularly when it comes to the call to worship, mm -hmm. or else it will become some form of an ever-expanding sermon, and it does then lose mm -hmm. its effect. Mm -hmm. So when Jeff said earlier that uh, we at times chide one another, uh, the 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 chiding is to remind each other of the the brevity of this moment for its effectiveness in provoking us to begin to sing with joy to our Savior. Um, great. What uh, other elements you've added? Pastoral prayer. Yes. Um, yeah, and again, so some of these elements are, are, are I'm grateful, what we have learned from others. Uh, observed in other churches, learned from others. Pastoral Absolutely. prayer would certainly be one of those mm -hmm. components. Yeah, yeah pa pastoral prayer, I mean, on one level, you can say it, it, it gives expression to one of the things that God's people have always done from the beginning, Old Covenant, New Covenant, mm -hmm. when they gather. And that's, when I think about the Sunday worship, I, you know, in big picture terms, I think we want to do two things. We want to hear God's word and we want to pray. If we don't do those two things, then we're not getting done what <laughs> bare minimum. The people of God have always heard his word and prayed. And so if that doesn't motivate, let that motivate you. It motiv motivates us. But, um, you know, if nothing else, uh, if we do nothing else when we gather, we want to hear him and we want to pray. And, and I think we've all experienced this. Sometimes prayer in meetings can... Uh, and you know, we, I grew up in a in a very traditional church setting. Maybe many of those listening did as well. But sometimes, so there was a lot of there were a I'll put it this way: there were a number of prayers in the meeting. But as I think back, at least in my memory, they they almost seem perfunctory, sort of mm -hmm. short prayers that pepper the mm -hmm. meeting. Mm -hmm. And really, in retrospect, they kind of mm -hmm. served as transitions. 
It's like, okay, we're going to do this now, so let's pray. Okay, we're going to take up the offering, so let's yeah. pray. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to welcome them, so let's pray. So, um, the, and, I, and I think, and there's nothing wrong with, those, with that, but if that's the extent of the prayer, I think they, I, I think they, they really fall short of what prayer really is. They're mm-hmm. not meant to be transitional moments. The pastoral prayer is, is, is really a moment where we can stop and linger and, and really pray. In other words, engage <laughs> God in prayer. Yeah. Um, and so ours is, I mean, I, I don't know, relatively speaking, uh, how to gauge it, but it's it, for us, you know, it's it's lengthy. It's it's almost always five minutes. Yeah. It could be five to six, five to eight. Sometimes. Yeah, yep. sometimes even <laughs> yep. longer. In the early yep. days. Yep. Um, so it we're we're not in a rush though. Uh, we're not in a rush because we're truly wanting to engage God mm-hmm. in prayer, uh, and a number of things are happening here. Um, we're talking mainly to pastors. Uh, again, it's a we call it a pastoral prayer, and and. That's something very important that is happening. The pastor is, in a sense, gathering up the people of God together and, and in a sense, presenting them to the Lord and mm-hmm. to his care. So it's really mm-hmm. a precious yes. privilege mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the pastor to mm-hmm. pray mm-hmm. in his people's hearing mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, to, and, and to ask, and it's, it's really an acknowledgement, isn't it? We're, mm-hmm. we're asking God to yes. do for them what we can never yes. do. Yes. We're not yes. their saviors. Mm-hmm. We can never give them mm-hmm. grace. Mm-hmm. We have very little mm-hmm. to offer them mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. God's word mm-hmm. um, and except a heart that cares for them, which mm-hmm. in itself yeah. is a reflection of God's yeah. own heart. So yeah. we're, 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 mm-hmm. we're, in a sense, enacting mm-hmm. reality. We're mm-hmm. bringing them before God. That's, yes. that's what they need. That's what we all need. It also serves a wonderful unifying function. I mean, here we all are. So it's not just you know me praying for them; it's mm-hmm. us. Uh, here we all are coming together before God to offer ourselves mm-hmm. to Him, to make our requests for, uh, before mm-hmm. Him, to to really yeah. all say, "Here we are, Lord. We yeah. love you. Yeah. Here we are, Lord. We need yeah. you." Yeah. Uh, You are the source of everything that we need. Mm. Um, There's also, I I think, I don't want to overstate this, but there is an exemplary function. Uh, The the pastor does hopefully uh, serve Mm. as a model for praying. And so in that pastoral prayer, we uh, we are... praying different kinds of prayers. We are mm. praising God, uh, adoring Him. Uh, th- th- so there, there is a, a worshipful component of that. Uh, we are giving thanksgiving, so we are thanking mm, yeah. God for various things. Those could be uh, spiritual blessings and graces generally and in our midst. Those could be things that He's doing in our church. Those could be things that He's doing in Sovereign Grace, etc. Other churches in the area. Um, there's also an intercession component. And that's something we spoke very particularly about. I, the, the church, it was a church that I had visited a number of times prior to moving here. And this was a really, this was a big church. Um, but one of the things I observed about this church was how hard they worked to make it personal. And they did not in their past, they did, in their pastoral prayer, they didn't name names. But before the pastoral prayer, the pastor would get up and just go through a list of individuals. So-and-so's in the hospital. So-and-so lost their... Wow. And it just, 
And then later there was a pastoral prayer. Now what we, but I just, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to emulate everything I saw there, but they were, I just thought, God bless them. They're, they're doing a good job of trying to make this big church feel like a community. And, and so we actually intercede we wanted to emulate that, and we, we intercede specifically for people. Yep. And so the guy who's doing the pastoral prayer, he is sending out an email mm-hmm. um, earlier in the week. Can you give me prayer needs? and um, Getting permission where necessary. Exactly. The individual. Yes, we yep. want to use discretion yep. and so yep. forth. Uh, but we are get, getting prayer needs that, that could be... You know, general for the church, but also specific for individuals. So we are mentioning people who are yep. who are sick, or yep. people who've lost a loved yep. one, or people who are going through trials. We we may be praying for financial provision, jobs for people mm-hmm. who've lost jobs. Sometimes mm-hmm. those were probably more more general, but mm-hmm. you know they're they're certainly applying, mm-hmm. and we're certainly thinking of individuals there. So, um, the, the, in that, I was speaking a moment ago about the unifying factor. Mm-hmm. That is a wonderful. You just yes. Feel people. Yes. yes, they hear yes. a name. Yes, and and maybe they're thinking. This yes. happens to me yes. sometimes. Oh sure. no, I didn't yep. know that happened. Oh wow, I want to get to that person. Mm-hmm. So th- there's mm-hmm. an informative mm-hmm. thing that's happening there, but it's just uh, a, a wonderful moment that draws our church closer together. So yes. you're just well getting said. all yep. kinds of. I mean, we don't do it for pragmatic reasons, but you really are getting all kinds of pastoral things done in mm-hmm. that moment. And so yeah. it's not something we want to rush or treat or treat lightly. Yeah. There's lament in there too. Uh, you know, when there's a tragedy, either nationally mm-hmm. or in our church, mm-hmm. just to help people process that. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that always strikes me is that it's not just, uh, Jeff was alluding to this, it's not just all those things. We are actually encountering God together mm-hmm. through prayer. Yeah. And one of the comments we've yep. received a number of times is people who visit the church and you know, the pastoral prayer starts and, and they're waiting, they're expecting it to be done in a minute. Mm-hmm. And then they keep, it keeps going and they say, wow, you guys like are really praying. And just that realization that yes. we as a church <laughs> can just be together before God and address him because of the work Christ has done. The power of the Spirit. Mm. It is. I mean, so many times I've been moved. Mm. As it, sure. we pray, often pray for local churches in the area. Yeah. Uh, we almost always pray yeah. for a Sovereign yeah. Grace Church. Yeah. And the what the Spirit does in those moments yeah. to 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 make us aware of the access we have to the throne of grace because of what Jesus has done. They're very powerful moments. It's like kind of an unexpected um, consequence of, of establishing this practice. Mm. Yeah, and again, it requires preparation. <laughs> the, the individual praying uh, needs to devote much time to, pre- to preparing because of the large number of requests to choose from and to avoid being redundant and to mm-hmm. get yes. as much work yes. done as possible. But it has been interesting to note the effect on, on the church. It has yes. been interesting... Uh, I've had a number of visiting pastors approach me after the meeting, and it is the first aspect of the meeting that they draw attention mm-hmm. to. I had a pastor, a visiting pastor one time just say to me that what a learning experience it was. They they have pastoral prayer in their church as well as well. But he said the the it the pastor who was praying that day, he said, his ability to convey 
care for the entire church. There was nothing professional or perfunctory about what was taking place. And he was affected by that. Um, the, the awareness of what was going on in the church, he yeah. realized that that wasn't being conveyed in their pastoral prayer. And uh, so this was a, a humble pastor uh, going to school on what took place there. And when he was done, I just said, yes, I, I there isn't a week where I don't to some degree, just marvel mm. at how much God gets yes. done yes. in and through pastoral prayer yes. in our church. So I would say when we were, uh, before we started the church and we talked about the various uh, practices that would make up our, our Sunday meeting, I, I think I would have been the only one who just wondered and wondered aloud, do we do this every week? Wouldn't it be wise uh, to, to do this maybe twice a month, etc. And it wasn't long uh, after adopting the practice as weekly uh, that I just acknowledged to the guys, what, 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 an, what a dope I am, just to confirm it once again, uh, because of how much work gets done. Uh, but I, I, I do want to say again, <laughs> <laughs> the guys who do it here, they really are to be commended uh, because they work hard in preparation and, and we experience the benefit of that because even five minutes can go by very quickly. Yeah. Um, so so this, this kind of um, preparation is required for it to be effective and not just meander and wander and become redundant. Absolutely. And for, for about a year and a half, at the beginning of the church, we evaluated every week, you know, each aspect of the meeting. And this was one of the common mm -hmm. things we addressed, you yep. know. You don't have to rehearse the gospel for three minutes at the start of your prayer. Yep. You just sung about it for 25. Uh, your spontaneity does not, does not equate to effectiveness yep. or sincerity, uh, those kinds of things. So we, we have worked at it over time as well. Yeah, and then and also just saying, look, a single simple request is sufficient. Yeah. Uh, repeating it four times does not make mm -hmm. it more effective. And uh, I think Jeff mentioned it a moment ago. You, you really are the, the the pastor who is praying. He really is modeling prayer for people. So not only uh, are many things happening in the moment, um, the, there's also uh, an, an enduring effect on people in their own prayer life as they observe and hear a particular pastor pray. Yeah. One, one other brief thing on this is I've, I've talked to guys, talked to guys who are concerned you know, as the church grows larger, you know, we'll, we'll be afraid that people will be left out if we care, you know, if we pray for certain people but not others. And I'd say, well, do not want to pray for anyone. I mean, I appreciate what Jeff was saying earlier about the church. They list them and pray for them generally. But we haven't found that to be the case as the church has grown larger, that people felt left out. Everyone feels the personal care of God because we as a church are praying for individuals and we do take pains to you know, yeah. find out. Who well, I think, don't you think one of the points is, Bob, you have to work harder the you larger yeah, the yeah. church becomes. Yeah. It, it Pastoral prayer really is a reflection to some degree of your pastoral awareness, of yeah. your pastoral involvement. Yeah. So yeah. It, if you are pastorally aware and pastorally involved, then that is going to inform your pastoral prayer. And yes, I think the larger your church becomes, uh, the, the more work must be invested. But the benefits yes. and the effect that is felt in that practice each Absolutely. and every Sunday 
certainly exceeded my expectations. And and if anyone uh, suggested, like I stupidly did, that we do it occasionally, I, I would be uh, opposing them uh, in the strongest possible way, saying, no, we're gonna, I want to protect that, I want to preserve that. I, I've, I've, I've seen the work and effect. And and just one other aspect, yes, we, we do uh, pretty much each and every Sunday seek to choose a local gospel proclaiming church, pray for that church. That has had yeah. an effect on not only church members, but those who are visiting. We seek to uh, choose a sovereign grace church, uh, this country or different parts of the world. Again, that has uh, an effect on people. Yeah. Um, if, if there is something that has happened nationally that has drawn the attention uh, of the country, it, it's, I, I tell you, for, for me as the one who, who is uh, primarily responsible for the preaching, that, that has served me that it's much more effectively addressed in pastoral prayer than it is for me to try to work some statement related to something that took place uh, in, mm -hmm. in each and every sermon. So yeah. uh, the, the benefits of this uh, <laughs> seem to be innumerable to yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys, that was so helpful, so practical yet so theological. And one of the things I love about this podcast is we're not limited by time. So we're just going to pick this discussion up next month.